just did. Oh, All there right. we go. Okay, so welcome to Sierra Nova Comics uh, Podcast, episode three. 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 Right? Yeah, three. This time we fi- we figured out the video, so it should be uh, it should yeah. be clean. Last Not time uh, we boxes. had an issue. <laughs> we didn't realize until we were done with an hour recording, so oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so tell everybody who you are and where you're from. Right, well, uh, my name's Josh uh, Saxon. I'm, um, that's, that's who I am. I'm from the UK, um, from a small town in England, but I'm in Europe, in Spain. Awesome. Cool. So, yeah, that's just, I came here, like, uh, about ten years ago, um, with just big... Uh, romantic plans to travel around Europe and stuff, and Madrid was like my first stop, and I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> so that's uh, yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of interesting because that's, that's sort of presented its own problems in terms of making comics because you know a lot of backers are in the US, so that's been quite tricky working out like postage costs and stuff like that. But because um, international shipping, I think, can turn a lot of people off. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I've managed to managed to wear that out. So, so yeah, that's me. And I uh, I made a comic book called Milky. Yep. We're just about to launch the the second issue tomorrow. Um, congratulations on that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it goes first. You can congratulate me. <laughs> oh, the cre- the creation itself is is also worth it. So. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's definitely. That's definitely so, uh, speaking of uh, Milky, like. Describe like the story and like what inspired you to uh, do that. Well, so the story is, uh, I think, sounds pretty dumb. It's just it's a story of like a milkman um, that's got self esteem issues. Um, <laughs> Typical, milkman. <laughs> Typical milkman. What's that? Typical milkman. Typical milkman. Yeah, self self esteem issues, and it sort of falls to him uh, to protect his village and and. and essentially save the galaxy from an alien invasion. Um, I think, like... Other typical problems. Right, yeah. <laughs> what inspired it, I think, was lots of things, really, but ultimately, like, I think the kind of stories that I enjoy um, are about kind of everyday people. Like, it's it's quite inspired by, like, films like Shaun of the Dead, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great movie. Um, People have said they've seen like similarities. It's definitely like inspired. I just like that idea of just like the most everyday relatable guy um, with a kind of impossible. I, I think those stories are a bit more captivating because you're kind of like, how that, how does that possibly work? You know. Yeah, you can inject so, yourself like, in the like, story. Yeah. yeah. Problems, but like how do you deal with it? Like, like, you know. Which is quite interesting. Fun story to write. Um, and yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the stories I like, like Star Wars, for example. Like, I liked it when Luke was a farmer, you know? Like, yeah. it was, he went from just being a farmer to, like, the kind of savior of the galaxy. That's a real big, like, arc and a big story, though. I mean, oh, yeah. That's what makes it epic, so. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of the most redundant, useless character I could think of. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all, all our Milkman fans are going to be way upset. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I should be representing, shouldn't I? <laughs> For the greater good. Someone like that was the only person that could save the world. So that's what's fine. 
awesome. Very awesome. We got in here. Third one. What is that? How do you feel? About adding people of your life. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I try. <laughs> yeah, it, it works sometimes, so it's good. <laughs> um, but oh yeah, so how do you feel about adding people in your life into your comic books? <laughs> That's a good way to introduce them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought maybe I should see a therapist or something. Yeah. I all my family members that were generous enough to back the, back the Kickstarter campaign. So there's sort of music, but, um, but I think, like, your return any, reward. Any story that you write is always going to have, like, influences. Like, all the characters are a little bit about some people I've known, like, um, like people that I've just. Maybe so much family members, but like, or like close people. But um, you know, I've worked as a journalist in, in my life, and you meet a lot of weird and wonderful people. And definitely, like, <laughs> sure, yeah. People definitely made it into the story, um, in a kind of Frankenstein sort of monstrous kind of way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it's just naturally like it's. I wanted like the characters to be real. Like um, I don't know. Like I probably could have told the story without like having bad language in it, for example. Um, but, I, I, you know, which would have made it maybe have a wider appeal and, like, a, a widen the audience. But kind of people that didn't, that's how they talk. Um, yeah. So I, I just wanted to, you know, it's maybe not necessary for the, for the plot at the end of the day, but I just wanted to sort of include real elements in a quite a sort of fantastical world. Yeah, it's, a, it's always better to be authentic than to try to cater to an audience. It's better to, you know... Not not to put them below you and be like, oh, I think this is what they'll want. Just give them what you have, and yeah, that's always good. <laughs> yeah, I think, you, I think you're doing yourself a service as an indie creator because, like, you know, I can understand you might take those sort of considerations if you're working for like, you know, Marvel or DC or whatever. But like, the thing about like indie, you, you, you're not reaching a huge audience. You're, you're doing much better by reaching a specific audience. Yep. Um, Absolutely. So I think just doing what you want to do. Chances are there's someone else that likes that kind of style as well. Um, and I think you're better to focus on like specific fans that are gonna really like what you're doing, yeah, than trying to appeal to lots of people. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. So is uh, so is sci-fi your favorite genre for comic books, or is it um, you know just like the first thing you dove into? It's probably my favorite. Um, I think. I think what really appeals to me is like, you know, like the story is, is kind of about, really what it's about is like sort of self-esteem. Um, there's like themes of like prejudice in there and stuff like that. And I think the stories that always really kind of like spoke to me was where they, they view something like sci-fi or like superhero or something to, to tell a human sort of story. Um, you know, like Star Wars, like The Force, you can read into that whatever you know, it's got kind of religious undertones or just like kind of believing in yourself to use the force and that kind of thing. It, the, the story could, could work 
without the sci-fi element. And I think just to, to tell stories in that way, just especially when you're using comics or visual visual mediums, I think that's why I've always gravitated towards that kind of story. I think. Um, so yeah, science fiction, good science fiction that really is, is is a human story told in a kind of fantastical way. But I really like when I was younger, I like. I really loved TV shows like, um, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually rewatching that like right now. <laughs> really, like yeah, yeah I'd love to rewatch that now because I think that was the first sort of time where I really kind of understood like it wasn't like about vampires, like you know the sort of the Buffy and Angel thing where she like she sort of sleeps with him and he becomes a totally different person. <laughs> in, the, in the sort of sci-fi way of things, and that's sometimes you know what happens. Um, you know, in that kind of situation, and just kind of comparing sort of, um, you know, like a, an invisible girl was someone that I like, didn't have like self-esteem. She felt invisible. And, you know, just to kind of relate those, tell stories in a kind of, you know, in that, with, with those kind of two levels. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, when horror stories do that well, or like horror, um, it's really like when those when those sort of when that genre is really kind of telling a telling yeah. a human story. That's that's what I really. That's cool. Uh, so, like you said, uh, your Kickstarter launches tomorrow. Um, what's your funding goal, and what do you plan to do when funded? Right, so the funding goal is, um, the goal itself is quite low, I think. It's at, like, 500 euros. Again, that's, uh, I have to do it in euros because I'm based in Spain. That's um, not quite as, around about the same in, in dollars, I think, at the moment. Um, uh, reason reason being is because like I made a decision that I was going to do a whole series anyway um, so the, so the issue was actually complete so if anyone backs the campaign you're definitely getting an issue um, you're definitely getting the completed product because um, the artwork's done but yeah that's really where most of the money goes I think like into the artwork the, you know, uh, you, you need the artist it might be a separate pencil or an inker for me it's the same guy I'll pay a colorist, I'll pay a separate um, cover artist, and so, yeah, I'm already out of pocket for it, um, but I really wanted to see it done, um, so I'd already made that decision, so it, it didn't seem sensible to say, like, this is how much money I need to pay myself back, because I won't do it anyway, yeah. um, so what I wanted to do is, like, have a funding goal that's, like, this is how much I would need for it to make sense for me to do a small print run, um, but the thing kind of will exist with it or without it. I don't know if that's a great thing to say because it's almost like Kickstarter should be. It's, you know, I love the fact that it's about the community. Everyone helps get it made. Um, but yeah, I do. Um, I do. I do have um, a deal with the UK publisher anyway for when the whole thing is completed. Um, so yeah, kind of the idea is really trying to pay myself back because I am like out of pocket for it for you know, a fair amount of money. So that's what I'm trying to do. But at the same time. I'd really rather people back it. Well, Kickstarters, I think, it's, it's a lot about the people and the project itself and the community, but I'd rather people not back it like it won't happen otherwise. Back it because you just like the idea of the yeah. story. Like, that's, so, and it's kind of, I think, you can use Kickstarter. I think you can use it in two ways, really. You can use it as you know, a genuine sort of crowdfunding, all-or-nothing platform. Or I think it works as a marketing platform as well, um, almost like a sort of uh, pre-release kind of thing, and that's where you can do 
merchandise stuff and just kind of make it special and sign things for people and give like sort of uh, limited rewards, allow people to be part of the story. Um, that's kind of the element of it that I like. Um, so I've set the funding goal low for that reason. Um, and I'm not even sure if that's a great idea. Maybe I should put it higher. Maybe it's sort of underselling myself to put it low. <laughs> Uh, I'd like it. To, I'd like to do a print run, um, but the UK publisher isn't going to do a print run of individual issues. So if I didn't do this, there would never be. Um, there would never be this like physical thing, which is just a thing I just wanted to hold in my hand, really. So that that, mm-hmm. that goal is to get to make it worth doing. So are you you going uh, with a publisher so that you can get it into stores or are you going with a publisher because you view that as the best way to get it printed? Do you know what? I I suppose it's been like, I'm I'm quite, I guess, a long way down the road from when I started. I didn't know how any of this worked. (laughs) We didn't either. (laughs) I don't know how many people do it. I didn't really know much even about the indie scene, Kickstarter scene. I thought it was like, you know, you, you write a pitch, uh, you send it to a publisher, they say yes or no. Um, so I sent it to the publisher before I even decided to do it on Kickstarter. And it's a, it's a small publisher and there's, there's no like upfront money or anything, it's just uh, like a profit split. Um, so yeah, I don't know even if it's gonna, uh, in terms of profits and stuff, which way is worth doing, but it's a cool test. You know, I, I can work out maybe, maybe you can, better and get a bigger audience by focusing on Kickstarters and doing it yourself. Um, I, I know the publisher does like Comic Cons and stuff, which is a bit harder for me to do here in Spain, like to even do like UK ones as a flight. Um, so I have like a, I know they'll give me a presence there. I don't know, I think it's just kind of worth doing, doing everything, like uh, talking to you guys, just kind of networking and I kind of look at it in that way really. And I don't sort of look at it like I must make this money back that I've, that I've invested because the only do it is really invest. I'd like to keep going, and like if I don't make the money back, that makes that much harder. Um, but I don't really sort of see it as something like I've got to make really smart, savvy financial decisions. I just kind of, you know, they wanted to have a relationship, so let's do it, see how it goes. So, uh, question do, uh, do, do they? Were you, are you able to print with anyone else, or are they exclusively uh, your printers? I feel like they're probably, uh, you know, there's probably a, a the contract that I probably should read a little bit. Yeah, I'm not really well, yeah. They're long, they're long, and they're written in legal speak. Yeah, I was just curious because, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. But, I mean, because I do, living in Spain, I would, I would like to do a Spanish edition of it, um, seeing as I've sort of got contacts that could translate it for me and stuff and um, you know actually like in, in, in Spanish like la leche like milk is um, is like used as a kind of quite typical expression it means that it's really cool so um, <laughs> that, that could like it could really fly here like the marketing could do itself um, very cool and I'm not sure what the international rights is I've got it on my list and sort of find out but I don't really know um, I, I feel like publishing deals are probably country specific like well, the, the, the reason uh, I ask is because if you're looking, if, if international sales are the issue, um, there's a company that does dropship printing, so one-off printing in the U.S. called Ready Comics. They're in Arizona. And, and they're based in Arizona, so they're like, you know, not in the middle of the country, but they're, they're, they, they ship to anywhere in the U.S. for not, obviously not international cost, and they'll do one-off prints or 
say uh, you wanted to get a, a bunch of them to a Comic-Con, you can print a bunch of them, and they'll literally like deliver it to the Comic-Con for you. That's cool. I think um, Kablam like that as well. Kablam? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. And they can actually uh, fulfill it for you. Um, what I found is, because I actually get a really good deal, and that's something I want to make clear in the campaign, is like, um, the, uh, to, to, to ship the standard issue, I can do it from here to the US for, for three euros, um, and I can do it for two euros within Europe. So that's pretty cheap. That actually ended up being cheaper than I think what one of these, I don't know if it was Kablam, but one of these sort of fulfillment places said they could do because they would do it for UPS. And that was something like four or five dollars. Hmm. Uh, it worked about the same. Issue being with that, like if you want to sign stuff, that makes it quite hard. Yeah. Because, you know, if you've got reward and you've got to put a little bit extra on it to sign it, I kind of need the tablet here to do that. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I did that. This has been one of the things that really has, has taken probably more time than, than even the, the writing does. Just working out stuff like that, like how are you going to ship it? Should I, you know, could I, could I find someone in the US that I could partner with, that I could send a big box to and they could, you know, or vice versa, maybe that makes like Madrid's quite well positioned in Europe for like sending out international stuff and I could do it for cheap. Um, yeah, maybe I'll look into that, but all this kind of research and stuff and then weighing stuff for like, you know, all of my packages weigh about two grams more than they need to to be, to be in like the good, the cheap sort of shipping cost. Yeah. And like, like, you know, like in, you know, like in the Martian where they're just trying to like shave weight off the spaceship so that he can escape and just trying to work out how many things like, <laughs> work out how much the cardboard weighs for the envelope like there's so much like boring stuff involved in the kickstarter that no one will know that it's so yeah, all the math and everything, because like we were trying to figure that out for our Kickstarter, and he's just like doing math. He's like, I thought you were good at math. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember doing that the night before I launched like the the, the good Kickstarter. Because uh, the first one did failed, uh, the second one um, funded um, really nicely. Um, but yeah, I remember the night before, like um, I told people I was going to launch it on this day, and like I like come come at like ten p.m. I thought, Said I'd do it this day, so I've got to find a but I, I forgot that I didn't realize that Kickstarter considers the shipping cost part of the goal. Yeah. I, I, I and then they take a percentage that. too. They have like a fee that they take. Exactly. So that just just that simple realization through all my spreadsheets, like out the window and stuff again. Um, so yeah, so this, so this fulfillment and stuff is something I'm looking into. Like, uh, what are they called? Ready to print. Ready comics. Ready, ready comics. We're actually trying to use them as like our um, main printing source because we're trying to work out a deal with all indie comic creators or as many as they want uh, to join us. Yeah. On that. Yeah, essentially, if we if we can create a funnel for them where we push um, a much larger group of indie comic creators towards them, that they would be willing to give us greater discounts at smaller dosages. So, because like right now, like they'll, you know, after you reach certain amounts, uh, uh, amount of printing, they'll give you a discount. But we're hoping to try to get those discounts at lower um, levels for create uh, creators if we bring them enough. And so that's something that we're really hoping to work with them. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, we're also like you said, uh, comic cons and stuff. We're looking to do comic cons not just for us. We're gonna have our comics there. 
uh, but we'll have like other people's comics, like New Leaf Comics, uh, Creepy Trees. He's actually in uh, Ireland, um, and a couple others. Yeah, we're looking to like just help the entire community if we can. So that's cool, man. That for me, that's the fun. That's why I didn't kind of think that I'd be into. Like writers typically can be, I think, generally quite introverted and might not really be into the kind of like having to really market stuff and be out there and doing stuff and um but you know I've pushed myself to do it and I found like I really kind of enjoy being part of that community especially people that just like for no other reason well maybe they're discounted though but like for no other reason I mean it's just cool to like share people's stuff and like you know, I think that's something that's a strength that like the indie comics community can can do kind of lean on each other whereby maybe the big two certainly are probably a little bit more in competition with each other there's no need to be in competition no. well that's the nice thing is basically there's there's enough people out there that even if we get someone's attention if our comic book isn't you know what they they're looking for we'd like to push them to anyone who they do like like basically the goal is to share the audience because if the more of us that can capture people the more pe the more the larger the pool of people to the larger amount of creators and that way Hopefully, no matter whose eyes we capture, there's a comic that they'd be interested in. And that's kind of the goal is a huge variety of audience and a huge variety of creators. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. And, and with, the, with the printing thing, that's something uh, maybe, I think, for certainly for single issues, just the standard issue um, reward, which is typically the, was certainly the most popular reward, um, just to get the one book. That's yeah. That could that could a, a U.S. distributors and, and, and networking and partnerships would work. I've actually gone with the with a company. Um, they're UK UK based. Are they UK based? They're in the UK and they're in the U.S. They're called Mixam. Um, I went with them because I, I I thought because I'm gonna sign stuff. I'll print it here in Spain. Uh, they actually worked out to be much cheaper, even though they were sending it internationally. Um, yeah, like. to work something out to get people to use it again. <laughs> I honestly thought they sold off a lot of like paper stock to the UK maybe, so like it was cheaper for that, I don't know it was for room, I don't know if that's true, but um, yeah, it worked out being much cheaper, and they were really cool, and like I just had so many questions about like, I don't know, like, I had no idea about like decisions you've got to make about like the, the, the paper, the different sort of weight and the, the quality of the paper, it could be silk, it could be matte, it could be glass, it could be like different weights, it could be like... I have no idea, so I thought it was really, I really bugged them for like information about that, and that's kind of that's kind of why I went with them. They were helpful and they had a good customer service, so um, yeah, I'm gonna stick with them this time, I think, because um, they're not, you know, safe for them. No, they they fulfilled the last one, and, um, certainly for now, that's what I'm going with. Awesome. Well, you, you mentioned that you had uh, one failed Kickstarter and one successful Kickstarter, so. Yeah. What advice can you give to creators creating their first Kickstarter to help, uh, you know, reduce the risk of failure? Um, I think firstly, um, uh, a first bit of advice I think is important is to, uh, to, to like have a good relationship with failure. Like, don't worry about it that much. You know, <laughs> like, the notion that you're just going to go straight into doing this and you're going to crush it and you're not going to get anything wrong. 
uh, is nuts. So you can listen to people that have failed and uh, read as much as you can and research, but you're probably going to get something wrong and it's going to you, you, you're going to fail at it. Um, I think for Kickstarter, my personal opinion is like I don't know, like well, for example, like I've done a trailer for my new for the new yeah, book. that was awesome. <laughs> what I want to do this time I didn't do before is to do the kind of sort of talking to the camera kind of Kickstarter. Well, I haven't done that yet. I, I'm launching tomorrow and I haven't done it. <laughs> well, you're getting your camera practice now. <laughs> I thought I'm going to talk to these guys. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to kind of, you know, get rid of that rustiness. And, um, <laughs> there's just something like I've done like public speaking and like marketing and uh, stand-up comedy actually. Oh, like, oh, very cool. Um, there's something especially bizarrely you'd think it would be easier to do but something you actually care about uh, something that you've been wanting to do for a long time and it's kind of the, the dream that you know a lot of people are going to be like that's dumb that's like oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah my family like says that so my grandma actually said it yesterday she's like uh, so what's the one thing you want to do because you like don't like holding on to a job and I was like I like just can't work for somebody else i want to do this and only this and she's like okay so like where do you see like the comic book thing going i was like oh well, i want to have like a fucking building in new york city one in like san francisco or something because he actually wants to move there uh eventually <laughs> um like i see like a like a whole thing happening for this and she's like well it is kind of cool they actually have like the actual physical comic like now and i was like yeah like it takes a while to do there's a lot yeah. to go into it. There's, um, I thought it was just like, oh, I'll just write a story and then I'll get an artist. And in the beginning, we we're just getting an artist and I'm like trying to get one for free. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> it, it's, you'll just get what you paid for, which is nothing. So, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, like, I think that's the issue. Like, and myself included, really, like, you're working on something for free and then there's a paid job that comes up. You've got bills, but you've got family. That's going to take priority pretty quickly, and that'll just easily go onto the back burner. And that's just what happens. So, like, you have to pay people. Maybe you can work out, like, because I'd like to do it again as well, and I think um, I'm going to have to work out a cheaper way of doing it because it's not, I don't think I could invest this much again. Um, I want to invest this much because, one, like, yeah, like, I want to start a family soon, and I don't want to start a family with, like, oh, that's the thing I always wanted to do. Um, yeah. I didn't want to do just one issue. I wanted to tell the whole story and have it like, just so like you know, like when your kids say, "What did you want to do?" And like this, like, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I might not be the most successful, but I did one thing. Yeah, no, that's def that's definitely a very good, uh, you know, pr uh, pursuit to go after is to make sure yeah you don't have any regrets and it is something that would be great to tell your kids like, hey, look, I did it, regardless if it worked or not. At least I did it, right? And I won't, you know. You don't need anyone's permission. No. You know, to, to create a thing, and, that, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know that it even matters that you have the building with the company's name on it and stuff. No, that's like, no. just like I a think the thing. I it's quite funny. Like it's it's similar in like stand-up comedy as well, because like you've got like stand-up comedians that like have to perform for free, like and or some some like in, in LA for example, I know that comedians have to pay to perform. Yeah. Like, bring a fair number of people, so like you're in like minus money there, versus like 
uh, Eddie Murphy, who I believe was just off of 90 million, something like 90 yeah, million. Yeah, from Netflix. <laughs> Same with indie comics, like, you know, I'm probably going to I'll be lucky if I break even this sort of whole project. Uh, versus, like, you know, it's movies, but like Avengers Endgame, like, biggest movie of all time based on a comic book. But the spectrum of it is, like, pretty huge. But, like, I think, yeah, more important is just to be the thing that makes you happy. Um, you feel a sense of, like, pride. But I like that story, like, remember, did, did you hear that story of, like, John Lennon? Um, uh, there's, there's a movie about, like, John Lennon where he was growing up called uh, Nowhere Boy. Um, <laughs> But there's, uh, there's a story where he, like, he made, like, a, a silver, like, real silver plaque um, because his, his aunt had, like, told him there's no money in guitar music. Like, you never make a living in guitar music. And he got it, like, etched into, like, a silver plaque and went out the back of a house and, like, fit it to a house just to be, like, he could afford to do that sort of thing. <laughs> but there's always going to be someone telling you that that it's done. Um, um, maybe if you think you're going to, you know, maybe if you start enough I mean it's great to be ambitious but like I think just focus on the one focus on like getting the one thing out first like and then kind of build it from there and you know don't you're happy yeah keep on making stuff like <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that's funny actually I just finished reading a book called uh, The War of Art I don't know if you ever heard of this one uh this guy right here The War of Art I don't know it it's a great, great little book. It's only like, uh, it's like less than 200 pages. Yeah, it's like 160 pages. But uh, it actually talks about um, that breaking through the resistance and getting that, um, like getting to the point of creating the art. It, it even talks about business as well. It's like, you know, starting your own business, you know, writing your own book, you know, any, anything that's uh, something outside the norm, like bu- building up something that's just inside of you. And uh, the first part's about breaking through the resistance, and the second part of the book is about uh, going pro, and not like pro as in you're the best of the best, but the sense of doing it, um, even though you're, you're doing it because you're passionate about it, but having the goal being to get paid for it, and doing it like it's a job, because if you don't, it'll never get done. Right. And I thought that was an interesting way to think about it, like you shouldn't... Um, like people who say they're a writer and they get nine tenths of the way through the book, but they never finish it, right? Because they're just they're they're the wannabe writer, but the one who actually finishes it as if it's a job, reg- even if you don't get paid for it, but you do it as if you're getting paid for it. And I thought that was a, a very good way to think about that. But uh, it, it's but you're right. Like you shouldn't do it because you're gonna get tons of money from it or it's gonna be hyper successful. You do it because it's inside of you and you got to get it out. And yeah. but you still but you still have to treat it almost like it's a job and get the work done. Just like when you you know you show up to work and you're not having a good day, you still showed up to work. Same when same with your dream of whatever it is, creating a comic, writing a song, uh, starting a business. You still got to show up every day. And, and it's funny because that's that's actually what inspired me to start getting my uh, daily routine back in back in check because I, I work from home. I do digital marketing uh, as uh, you know my business. Uh, aside from this one and so uh, that's something that's very I think that's very good for artists to realize is that if you really want to get it done you got to treat it like a job even though it's just you know it's like a passion yeah absolutely and um, yeah I'm kind of in a sort of <clears throat> similar position where you know I can work from home um, like I live in Spain so my living costs are relatively low <laughs> um, and I'm sort of in a position now where 
I can sort of afford to kind of take a bit of time and take a window to sort of work on this and just sort of give it my all as if it was my job and I am working uh, like it's my job right now. Um, not everyone's in that position and I think that's definitely, you know, I didn't feel that way when I was working sort of full time in an office, um, very sort of corporate job, long commutes. That's just, that makes it like so much harder. Yeah. Um, like you say, to be like dedicating a day doing something else for someone else that you don't quite believe in. Trying to find, you know, trying to find a bit of time at lunchtime, like you can't have to get up at like sort of five or six a.m. to get a few hours in in the morning. Like I can really, yeah, especially I don't have like kids, but you know, kids as well. That must be like super, super hard. But um, yeah, it's a bit like a bit like digital marketing as well. I think if you if you're doing something like let's say content marketing or anything you're doing, if you, I think you want to get out of your head that you're that you're trying to get sales, that you've got a sales target. I think you you know your sales target, but put that to one side. Focus on like, offering value and, and doing something that people are going to love. Create some content that they're going to really you know, have, a, have a good response to. And then as a byproduct, you might hit your sales goal or whatever. But it's, it's, I mean, I know it's difficult. You've still got kind of, when you're in yeah. a corporate thing where you've got clients, and then you can see the spreadsheets, and then you can see which way the arrows are going. But, um, <laughs> No, that's that's very much like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. He's, you can see his poster on the wall over there. I, is that Gary? Yeah, yeah. it is. Do you, do, you, do you follow Gary? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like Gary. He's a bit much. You know, oh, yeah, he's, yeah. But it's funny, you, yeah. meant, you, you said something in the very beginning uh, of this talk that made me think of that, where you're like, you know, if I removed, uh, you know, vulgarity from my comics, I might be able to get a larger spread, but it wouldn't be authentic. And that's, that's exactly yeah. how he is. He's like, if I, I if I stop swearing or even cut it back a little bit, he could have a, a larger like a audience. Followers. But what he, but what he says is, and I and I do very much appreciate this. He says, in the short term, I'd have more followers, but in the long term, he will ultimately end up with more than he ever could if he was inauthentic. And that's what I like is that it might take longer, but the growth will be authentic. And it will grow much faster because of that, or it'll grow much larger because of that in the long run, even though it might not seem that way in the short run. Yeah, it's a marathon, not yeah. a sprint. Yeah. So yeah, and, and it, it makes it, yeah. reference like kind of similar like Tim Ferriss. Oh yeah, Tim Ferriss is another one. But yeah, that that's right there. The, yeah, this is the jab, 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 right hook from Gary, talking about uh, providing value and you know, value first, yeah. sales second. Yeah. And he just, I think he understands the kind of... Yeah, ask without expectations, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much any business has to also be kind of a media business first. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, you must Tim watch Ferris, him a lot. <laughs> Tim Isn't Tim Ferriss that talks about like a thousand true fans? Yeah, yep, actually, uh, shit, I was, that's, the, I'm reading Tools of Titans right now and I just read that section. Yeah, it's in, it's in there, the revised version of it, but yeah, it's the, that's the point is that if you get a thousand true fans meaning a thousand people that will buy anything you ever put out then you will then you can become successful you might not become super rich but you can definitely make a living it, and all you have to do is sell a hundred dollars worth of product to them each year and that's it yeah. if you're a musician and you only make uh, one album a year that's only ten dollars so what can you do you could sell merchandise you can uh, have concerts you can have anything like that because your thousand true fans will pay for them and exactly. and, and that's a uh, I thought that was, uh, and, and that's always done by coincidentally the jab, 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 right hook. Like you need to provide as much value as you can because if you don't provide the value, they're not going to want to give you anything back. 
And it's not, it doesn't feel that good. Like, um, like I wrote, um, <clears throat> I went on, I went on uh, vacation recently, um, just for like a week down to the coast. And um, while I was kind of away, just kind of felt, I was enjoying myself, it was a lovely time, but I felt a bit anxious to be away from my desk because I knew that I was, I needed to launch this Kickstarter, <laughs> and just waiting for artwork and stuff. Um, so I just, I sort of wrote a blog post. Which was just about like how life gets on top of you when you're trying to make it become it, trying to make it fun. Um, shared it out and stuff, and I, I didn't really think too much of it. I just thought that's just a little maybe uh, you know marketing thing, and not something I was planning to do, but it's just how I felt at the time, and I wondered if anyone else felt that way. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't write it from a place of like, yeah, this will get people to buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> person's day better. funny actually do you, do you know who Tom Billu is Tom who Tom Billu no so uh he, he's a co-founder of Quest Nutrition which is a uh they create Quest bars I don't know if you've heard of them I don't know if they're in uh yeah, yeah I don't know if they're international <laughs> yet but uh they're they're basically a nutritional bar that they they're one of like the first bars that don't use corn syrup to hold them together because all the machines that were designed to make bars, that's how they hold them together. And so they had to redesign a new machine just for that. But that same guy, after uh, the company, you know, hit, you know, I think they're a billion dollar company now. Uh, basically, he then took a bunch of that money and started another company called Impact Theory. And it was uh, creating YouTube channel, or it was creating YouTube content for free, just interviewing, you know, world class performers, uh, you know, icons, all that stuff. Kind of like the Tim Ferriss uh, podcast, but. What, what he does is a bit more unique. He'll, he'll introduce the person with all the stuff you might be wondering about and then he'll ask all the personal details. So like he's like, here's all the stuff that most other interviews would normally tell you in about 30 seconds as opposed to watching it for a half hour and now we're really going to dig deep. And after he gained an audience from that, he then decided to create a comic book company from that. And uh, where is it? should be right here. Nope, not that one. Where's the other one? And uh, this is actually his first comic right here. And uh, he worked with the... Uh, this, yeah, this, this this is actually based off of Steve Aoki and his album Neon Future. And 
Yeah, and so basically, I think they've made. Say it again. Yeah. Yep. And he, he and and basically, I think they're up to like four comics now. But their basically their goal is to uh, tell a story that impacts people. Like his goal is to break people out of the matrix, so make them think differently. Uh, you know, change change their mindset so they think they can accomplish whatever it is they set their mind to. And so that's interesting. You brought that up. That might be someone you want to look into for uh, you know content concepts and you know. Uh, contextual things that you could, uh, you know, pull from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, sorry, am I echoing? Oh, uh, not on our end, I don't think. Oh, you have another another video malfunction. <laughs> 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 um, is she right? I just double check. <laughs> Let's see. Hey, what's that? Is it just loading? Yeah. Hopefully, ho- hopefully it's been. Hopefully it's good. Better be. Yeah, better be. Just have that, you know, that underwater sound. Say again. Yeah, that sort of underwater sound when you've got like audio interference. It just kind of sounds a bit. Yeah, oh, that won't yeah. won't sound. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't hear that. Oh, I think it might have just been paused back there. That's all. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, it looks, yeah like just... it's, it looks like it's working. So, yeah, <laughs> just wanted to double check. It was good. Uh, not, not that we've gotten, like, you know, a good chunk of the way through. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's check now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you can ask the next one. This, yeah. one, this one's a fun one. <laughs> um, did you ever, have you heard of that uh, Area 51 thing that's been going on? Yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. you think? I only actually went and I look it up yesterday. Do you actually? Do you actually think that uh, aliens exist? Yourself? Well, I think aliens exist. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, I don't. Like, I don't really have. I don't have any like supernatural beliefs or anything. Um, but in a universe is as it's supposed to be I, I imagine like it's got to be um, I, don't, I don't imagine it's anything like we've ever come up with in science fiction stories um, it'll be probably something that's totally incomprehensible to, to the human mind but um, there's, there's probably something out there um, yeah. <laughs> more like Futurama than <laughs> just random yeah. creatures <laughs> yeah well, I, I hope so um, I hope they're cool um, but yeah probably so you, so you think they exist? You, I was gonna say. So you think? So you 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 believe that they exist just due to the infinite possibility conundrum? But do you think any have ever visited here? And that if they did, we're keeping them at Area Fifty One. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't believe that, but I, I do. Um, you know, because I think sort of the evidence of it. <laughs> very sort of akin to the evidence that there's ghosts you know there's always the camera's always blurry and like um but I that's do so love weird that, cut out <laughs> i do love that there is a secret place that people want to get into and for some reason kill themselves to get into. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, i think that stuff's really really fun i like um, you know I, I like that i like conspiracy theories just for the for me for the kind of just the fun of it just the I don't personally 
be sort of uh, good enough evidence for, I guess. But uh, I, I think it's fine. Because it just because it just it inspires like stuff like the X Files and stories. Yeah. <laughs> the librarians. Huh? Yeah. 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 I look at it the way I look, look at stories. Really, it's, it's it's fun that it's there, but I don't personally believe it. What do you guys think? <laughs> I I think they exist, but uh, I don't I don't believe that they've been here yeah. because if they have, I feel like with there's too many. Um, or all right, let me. Let me rephrase that. If they were ever here, it definitely hasn't been since there's been the internet. <laughs> so, so it, I guess, you know, there's no way to know if they were, if there were any, if they'd ever come here before, but, you know, they, just because there's no technology to ever be traceable back to that, but uh, the, just the fact that the universe is so large, the possibility of there not being any is less than if there were any. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? It's that... It's the simulation. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. It's like the, the the odds. It's it's just like the statistical odds of their uh, that because our, our our Earth is actually one of the younger planets comparative to the universe. We're only four point seven billion years old. The universe is thirteen point nine billion years old, or something like that. So it's like you know the the the, the amount of time that passed between then and now. Like there's no way that there's not something. Whether or not it's intelligent life is different. But it, the fact that if there's bacteria someplace, there's no doubt in my mind there's got to be at least something out there. You know, what is it? I think they... The, the idea, like, the conspiracy theory area the idea that the government is covering it up. Like, the idea that, like, politicians <laughs> that can't keep their sort of sordid sex lights under the Yeah, right. exactly, yeah. It's <laughs> either... So <laughs> this, like, cloak over the entire planet. It's, it's, it's either that or, like... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's either that or it's like, oh no, someone's talking about aliens again. Uh, Steve's cheating on his wife. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're normal too. <laughs> what about Greg, though? What's Greg believe? Yeah, basically the same thing. <laughs> I'm not going to be at that event if that actually does happen, like Naruto run. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like I like e- even if there was alien life at Area Fifty One, I would believe it'd be bacteria we found at some point. It wouldn't be like they got ET on the table, you know, checking them out. You know, yeah, yeah. although yeah. although I'd like to think Will Smith has been there a couple times if, if that's the case, you know, <laughs> been hanging out with uh, what's his face, uh, Tommy, Lee Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. <laughs> Uh, to go back to the Kickstarter, uh, the first one actually, were you ever nervous of like pressing the launch button? Because a lot of people do, oh, are nervous. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, and I'm working it up. Oh, I'll do that. Like working in digital marketing when you're sending out like email newsletters and stuff to like fifty thousand people or whatever. Like yeah, like <laughs> you've you got like a spelling mistake or like you put. You know, you put the apostrophe in the wrong place and you're like, the word or something, yeah, 50,000 people about to know you're done. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's always nerve-wracking, but like, go back to what I said earlier, I think, uh, for some reason, I didn't imagine it would be, like, because it's your thing, but that is especially nerve-wracking, just to be like, even to like, friends and family, like, hey, this is what I've been working on, this is what I spend my free time doing, this is like, you know, there's something especially like hard about that for me, I guess, to be like, hey, pay attention to my thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that is funny. 
Yeah, we uh, when we first started this company, we did an Indiegogo. It was more my idea um, than his. He's like, you probably shouldn't do that, but I was like, shut up. So <laughs> I did that, and we put like a an insane goal. It was like ten. It was probably like ten thousand dollars. Like, yeah, or no, it was fifteen thousand. I think for the Indiegogo. And I was like, yeah, this will be funded. But we didn't have a following. We didn't... <laughs> nothing. We didn't do anything. Which we, I... Which I... I, warned, I might have warned him about. Yeah. And then I just, like, sat back and watched it, like... I got to, like, 200-something dollars, and that's it. And then I was like, oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah, then he's yeah, like, see what you did? Exactly. I was like, yeah. Exactly what happened to me. Like, I, I launched it, and then, like, within, like, seconds, I got with my first backer. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> Jay Z of the comics world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just like stopped. <laughs> but yeah, you, you kind of. Uh, You're like, thanks, Mom. <laughs> Like the keynotes? By one of his keynote speeches, and there was an indie comics guy in the audience, and that's what he said. Like, oh, how do you. Yeah, I've never been it. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll have to find that because I've watched like probably 95% of his content. I actually don't remember seeing that. It was like a long one. It's the sort of thing I just like if I'm working on a laptop on the couch and just like have on TV. Oh, yeah, I, I watch him all the time. Yeah. It makes yeah. you feel like crap when you're not doing something. Like, I, I, I sell stuff on eBay because one day I was watching, um, what was it? Oh, on, on his one of his Ask Gary V shows, he had somebody call in who was literally a teacher from West Philadelphia. And he had a bunch of kids in his, because um, he's like in a low-income neighborhood. And there's a lot of kids there that he's trying to like, get, you know, get out of the mindset of, you know, they're going to be stuck there. And so he shows a lot of Gary Vee's content. He's like, hey, is there anything like you could give me to tell them so that it's like this is right from Gary himself instead of just from you know me suggesting it? Uh, because they do like you and they like your content, but I'm trying to figure out how to like relay it to them. And he's like, hey, if I, uh, you know, if I give you the, if I, if I get the bus and get the day all set up, like, can you pick out, you know, say nine, ten kids, and you you can come up here with them, and we'll just sit down and talk. And so I, I, that was awesome. And then he followed through with this. So I watched that. It was like an hour long episode where he's talking to all these kids. And about halfway through, he's mentioning how like it's so stupid. If people need money, you could just flip stuff on eBay. And I literally paused it. I went over to my closet. I found like six shirts that I would never wear again. And I put them on eBay. And those, like none of them ever sold. And I ended up, but like, it was the first thing that got me going, like that just momentum. And so then, I then like a week later, I found more stuff. I kept putting it up on there, and I think maybe like three months ago, one of those shirts actually ended up selling. But I've sold tons of other things since then. But yeah, he's super great for like getting you, getting you going. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, you know, if, if if you need money to like to make your comic, like yeah, Gary V is great for that. Yeah, just do a thing, just like yeah, sell it or like you know Facebook Marketplace, do, yeah. <laughs> Someone in the audience just said, like, hey, I've got an indie comic, what would you recommend I do? Uh, and he 
was like, give it away for free. <laughs> 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 that was a super, super concise answer. Um, that's hard to do when you're not an artist. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hate to do it. Is, um, I, I don't know, I'm looking at... I, I kind of want, like, you know, to want to build up a following and stuff, and you do need to give stuff away for free. Um, obviously, I'm sharing content from the book itself and panels and stuff and artwork, um, but I feel like I need something a bit more substantial that's, that, that's free. Um, and, yeah, that is based on the Gary B thing, I guess. Um, <laughs> Don't you hate that? It's yeah. like, where did that idea come from? <laughs> yeah, just like some like a PDF, like four or five pages that maybe you could later turn into a thing that you can you can sort of make your money back on. Um, well, even so even if it's not on that, like that's the kind of the thing with the 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 artist who sells a ten dollar CD. Like that's not going to really make all the money they paid for studio time for their equipment for the uh, you know the driving uh, from place to place like. It's all the other stuff, like the like the concerts, the merchandise. You know that that's where you really uh, can can move more uh, product and make money on top of it. But building a fan base of the like like the, these these comics here, the the uh, IT comics, they they gave away the first comic like thousands of them at New York Comic Con when they were first released in 2018. Uh, they had just they just had piles of them, and if you, all you had to do was give them your email. And, you know that's 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 the part where they you know they it's it's a free exchange but they're you know they get contact information and you know that's a great way they can follow up and that's that's one of the things actually I was going to ask have you ever heard of this book? Uh, well, that book. Well, he wrote. Um, yeah, ego is the enemy. Uh, the obstacles the way. Yeah, he's yeah. But, I read the obstacles the way. That, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I love that book. That's probably one of my. Uh, it's probably the best philosophy book to read for people who can't stand reading like old <laughs> Greek and Roman writing <laughs> but uh, I'm, actually, I'm listening to the uh, to the audio book of it um, now is uh, from Darren Brown do you know who Darren Brown is he's like really big in the UK he's like a sort of mentalist guy he's hmm. got on Netflix I'm not sure if it's, if it's international um, but yeah he's written one called Happy hmm. uh, just about the sort of based on sort of stoic teachings as well and it's the sort of the nonsense idea that, that we even pursue happiness that we're even sort of entitled to it like rather than just being like fine yeah <laughs> yeah they, yeah the stoics uh distinguish happy or distinguish between happiness and joy and joy is just that feeling of being content and good and happiness is something you're seeking out but will always go away and it's yeah now i, I read uh another book called uh ryan holiday wrote was um the Daily Stoic. I, I, it's literally one page a day, every day for the year, and uh, yeah, no, I, I very much like that. But uh, no, th this book here though uh, is great for artists. Um, the first half of the book is about how to make amazing art, not just like drawing that, like musicians, books. Uh, you know, obviously comic books fall under that, and essentially like how to spend the time making it, remaking it, remaking it again until it's what you want it to be. And obviously not holding out forever because perfectionism is just a way to delay. Which the the art the war of art talks about that how like you, you know perfectionism is just the resistance way of getting you to never actually do the thing you said you're gonna do. But the second half of this because if you read the subtitle is all about marketing because it doesn't matter how good your uh, book is if nobody knows it exists. Uh, there was some book I can't he mentions it in there that basically it was written but it was never published 
And years and years and years go by, and finally someone found it, and he's like, this is one of the greatest pieces of literature I've ever read. So he publishes it, and it never really gets a big audience because he didn't market it, and obviously the author wasn't around for it. And it's just like... Um, and that can be a positive thing. Um, you know, there's a big marketing challenge for things like electric cars and, and all of these things. You have to change, change mindsets, and uh, that's kind of, I think, what, what marketing is. And if you've got a good product, should be able to do some good marketing. You should be able to explain to a person what is the benefit to them. And if that is something you're concerned about, um, again, putting the money and stuff, but if you're, if you're concerned about like explaining to them, hey, I think you'll like this, I think this will be good for you, I think you might enjoy this, I think it might make you feel something. Um, you know, you, you, sh you should have sort of most of the marketing done. Um, still a lot of work and still a lot of <laughs> <laughs> But like, um, I think people can shy away from and I certainly did. I just thought, like, well, if you like the book, you love the book, right? Like, um, so why not? You know, certainly the first time wasn't quite as forthcoming about it. Um, but yeah, it's again, it's that hard thing. You have to kind of, especially when you're marketing yourself and putting yourself out there. You're saying, I think this is a great product for you for this reason. Yeah, I feel like yeah, it's just a lot of big corporations. They're they're doing it for the sale, regardless of the benefit. They'll make up a benefit if they need to. But that's the thing. It's like. Like I, like I was saying earlier, I do digital marketing myself, and the companies I market for are like health and fitness, so I don't care if I trick you, right? <laughs> oh no, I made you become healthy, right? Like, so that's, that. then, you know, that's fine. And it's the same with escapism products. Like, people, people need escapism in their life. You can't do, you can't be all in life all the time. Everyone will lose their mind, right? So if your escapism product is better for somebody, then that's fine. Like, I don't think you should binge Netflix but for whatever it is, $10 a month, like that's a great deal to have access to, you know, escapism whenever you want, right? Like, and that's kind of like what our goal is with our company. We're trying to get the, the indie comic book collection, right? We just want this massive category of, uh, or massive catalog of unique uh, categories and comics accessible for, you know, not a crazy amount. <laughs> It, it did just delay yeah. a second, yeah. but it sounds like it's back. Um, yeah, so it comes back to the long tail, doesn't it? The idea of just like um, just having so many different things to, to someone. Uh, the most weird and wonderful thing is going to be their favorite thing in the world, like super, super <laughs> product. And um, yeah, you should you, having having more content available is, is great. And stuff like Netflix just kind of just make it so many. It's like this is for ten people. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, there's ten people that watch that documentary. <laughs> but uh, yeah, at the same time, there's things that like just everyone loves, and then just like one person doesn't. Like weird one for me. Like I, I love Batman, for example. I don't like the movie The Dark Knight. I don't like that movie that much. Really? What? Yeah. Right. Like it's just not for me, and that's fine. I don't, I don't think it's like a bad movie. Um, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I think that's crazier than if you did believe aliens visited. Any people that were going to back my comic now from your list. But I think it's a good example because I know it's a great film that people like, even the people that don't like comic books, they love it and it's great. Do you like the old Batman movies? What's that? 
What's that? Do you like the old Batman movies? Like the you know, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever? Oh, like, no, I like the Tim Burton ones. Oh, you like, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the good ones. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like it because I think, like, you, you, I guess you've got your own sort of, like, reasons for like, I like Batman because he's nuts. Like, the idea that what Batman <laughs> is doing makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it both makes sense and makes no sense at the same time. It's like, my parents died in an alleyway. I'm going to dress up like a bat. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how, like, Michael Keaton did it. He did it like he said, that's, that's what an eccentric billionaire might do um, if he lost his parents. Um, I guess, like, from that, the, you know, like Batman begins a bit more. I just felt, I don't know, for me, I'm not going to talk about this because I hate him. Um, oh, no, it's, under, it's understandable, because like, if you like, if you didn't like Batman at all, you probably have no problem liking the movie, but it's like you have a predisposition of what you think Batman should be, and you just don't like this rendition of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and that's reasonable. Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. And again, like, and, you know, I like, you know, it's not, that's someone, something loves, that is something someone loves, and then for me to, like, sort of shit on that, like, <laughs> Yeah, not even B movies, just old C and D movies. <laughs> like a lot of like movies Tropic, on Netflix. Like Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> like that that'll that'll probably go under there eventually. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's that as well. It was that was kind of a fun thing when you were looking for something specific and you found it. That was a big deal. Uh, find anything you want online today, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I just think yeah, like you say, having as much content available, like big catalog of stuff. Yeah, it's the last one if you want. I don't know what the last one is. It was off screen. <laughs> so, uh, um, so we created this thing. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Uh, it's called the Indie Revolution. We've been like talking about it on other podcast uh, episodes and just trying to mention it any possible way we can. Uh, try to get awareness for it. Do you know anything about that? <laughs> well, you told me I'm a Oh, here we go. I didn't listen to the podcast. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's like we uh, mentioned it uh, on Instagram and a bunch of other places like multiple times, but... I've, I've seen it. I've, seen it. I've yeah. definitely seen like a hashtag or something. <laughs> that's kind of what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just a hashtag. <laughs> Um, what we're trying to do with that is bring awareness to the entire indie community as a whole. So not just comics. So like film, music. That's why we do Music Mondays and uh, web comics. Film Fridays, yeah, web film, comic Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and we're looking to get into that stuff too. So like we want to make films and stuff like that in the future. Uh, do you see like a potential for that? Like 
Yeah, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, because like our goal is not just for us to basically build a place where any indie creator will have access to this stuff as well. So whether or not it's a a uh, a writer who needs access to artists or um, you know film creators that need access to tools or musicians who need access to distribution and publishing that kind of stuff. So that, you know, do you, do you see that as a uh, a thing that either you could benefit from in the future or other creators can benefit from in the future. Yeah, for sure. like, like I said previously, I think any opportunity to, um, to network, um, yeah, especially with indie creators, especially for, um, again, for people that are maybe more introverted and, 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 and networking is a, is a hard thing for you need to do it. Um, it's, it, it, makes the, it kind of makes the process, especially like a process that's really quite lonely writing for example like sort of you know building this very room just alone just like writing um, you need a community you need support uh, network and yeah it's always useful to have people that you can talk to like yeah for sure I'm, I'm I haven't written it yet but I'm already thinking about like my next uh, my next project and I do need to find uh, an artist um, that's, that I can that's sort of in my budget for this um, so yeah that kind of I just think by default, um, if everyone was just um, if everyone was just just like kind of helpful in that way, like why not? Like I try and like if anyone asks me for like advice, I can only like tell you what I've learned from my small experiences. Like I've done like a couple of kickstarters, um, but yeah, I, just, I think that just makes the whole process better when you can kind of give and, and then kind of like as if I've got like my secret formula that you can't have. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of our goal is to basically capture all those, you know, secret formulas and uh, basically make it so that there's a, a place that people can go. And the indie Rev- so like the indie revolution is it's a part of our venture, but it's it's a, it's apart from us as well. It's it's meant to just uh, have a, a an opening so that people can start talking to each other and realize that like if if they help each other, it'll be much easier to get through this. And by having like one wing to go under, it's much. Uh, much more welcoming, I, I think, to be part of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Something that uh, came from that uh, that blog post I said I did, um, that just got a lot of comments from people that just said how much they're struggling um, and could really use a support network. So I think that's definitely um, something that kind of, like I said, I thought it was kind of a silly article that's just kind of a bit of fun and just, I mean, it was based on real basically all the questions we had lined up but uh we definitely want to make sure that people know where to find you so uh what what are the uh you know the handles the urls where what's uh where do you where do you want people to go cool so uh, the, probably the easiest one to remember is to go to milky uh like it's 
sounds M-I-L-K-Y MilkyComic.com which is where you can sign up for the launch day alert Uh, I'm not going to spam you I just uh, (laughs) um, I I was thinking of doing email content but I also don't want to like you know spam people so I'm just going to kind of do like announcements for the yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Like, so. If you want to follow my stuff, come to social media. And, and what's your, what's the handles for social media? So, uh, man, I'm gonna have to look at these now. Uh, <laughs> I think if you type Milky Comic into Facebook, you'll find me. Um, what's the handle, man? Oh, yeah, let me click. Let me click this. Um, Facebook, I'm Milky Comic, all one word. Um, on Twitter, I think. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we can definitely include a link in the uh, description. So yeah. that'll be, oh, cool. that'd be great. That'd be yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> be like, it's gonna be on the front page. Just go here. Awesome. Well. <laughs> well, uh, we're we're gonna end the podcast here, but uh, we'll keep you on the call just for uh, you know a, few, a little more things. So uh, thanks for joining us, everybody, and uh, have a good one. <laughs> cool, eh?